Girlfriends, episode number 109, Grow Your Generosity. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how to work on becoming more generous. I've got some ideas for you as we work on this together. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Hope you're doing well. Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm always happy when we can connect together this way. And this week, I'm recording on Tuesday morning because I didn't get to it yesterday. Yesterday was a day off, so I have that excuse built in. Uh, Some of my kids were home from school. Dan was home from work. I was out of work. So it was kind of a chore day around here, which was great. I mean, I needed that, especially after being away this weekend. Um, So I was in Tulsa this weekend for the Together in Holiness Marriage Conference. So shout out to Tulsa. It had been quite a long time since I'd been to Oklahoma. And it hasn't changed a bit. You guys are great. They were wonderful, friendly, welcoming people in Tulsa. And it was a great conference. Um, You know, I really love talking to married couples. It's always so fun. And this particular talk that I gave, talking about differences between the sexes and communication style and how to how to show more love in your marriage. Um, It was really well received. And I I love to give it. it. But one thing that really struck me was that you know, I'm always talking to women and uh, about their motherhood and empowering them in their motherhood. That's what my whole momnipotent book and study is all about. Um, and in this talk, I touch a little bit on that, of course, but also talk about empowering men in their fatherhood and the ways in which our culture fails to do that. And I cannot tell you how much I was inundated by men afterwards telling me, thank you for saying that. I never hear that from anywhere. It was really refreshing to hear that. It really made me feel like I touched upon something that men are hungry for, men are longing for. Um, And I don't know how you can use this, except maybe to empower your own husband in his fatherhood. But wow, um, our culture is hurting people by... But by refusing to recognize innate differences in the sexes and the differences in our gifts and our strengths, it's it's such a sad thing to me to see the ways in which people are wounded by that without even knowing it, by accepting what the culture tells them about what it means to be male or female or that there is no difference between the two or, you know, don't you dare celebrate what makes you different. Don't you dare, you know, celebrate those things that are awesome about you. That's the saddest thing. These natural differences between the sexes are things that make us awesome, things that make us different, things that make us uniquely gifted to love the people that God places in our lives. And yet we have a culture that tells us to suppress those things because they're offensive and stupid or beneath us or demeaning or whatever. Anyway, um, it was a great conference and I was so happy to be there. Also happy to get home. It's hard, you guys. It's hard to travel on the weekend and then come back and hit the ground running. So I was thrilled to have the day off yesterday, get caught up on some things um, and put the kids I had at home to work. One of the things that we were doing was I needed to clear out my room because Dan and I had a new bed that was delivered yesterday, which was exciting. Um, but you know what that meant? I, we had to pull our bed out, take it apart and expose the mess that was underneath. Dun, dun, dun. It was bad. Um, 
you know, I, I would think like, oh yeah, I cleared out under the bed, you know, over the course of years. Yeah, I cleaned out under the bed, but really I was only getting the edges. There's a center part there that I never thoroughly cleaned out. And it was so dusty in the middle part there when we pulled everything out that I was really suffering from the dust. I'm allergic to dust. Anyway, I think most people are. I mean, that's just not a pleasant thing to be breathing in. And so I breathed in a lot of dust. It was on my clothing. And um, I ended up by the end of the afternoon, I needed to take a Benadryl and take a shower because I was just a wreck from the dust. But last night, we uh, went out and bought new sheets and, and bedding because this is a king size bed and we previously had a queen, so we didn't have anything for it. So it was all new sheets and bedding in our new bed last night. And I loved it. I thought it was a lot of fun to sleep in the new bed that feels so gigantic. Um, you know, of course, we've slept in king beds at hotels and whatever, but it just feels so huge in our room. But anyway, I loved it. Uh, the whole reason why we got this new bed, and I'll tell you, it's a dream cloud. It's one of those ones, you know, there's so many companies now where you get it delivered and it's all squished up and you release it from its plastic wrap and it puffs back up. Um, it inflates kind of, which was kind of uh, dramatic and fun. The little boys really enjoyed that. Um, but Dan picked out this bed. It, you know, we haven't bought a new bed in so many years. And he he has some joint pain and some back pain that he felt like was getting worse in recent years, especially now that um, he's working part time as a builder. So doing some physical work during the days and uh, I was perfectly happy with our old bed. And I don't know, I've always said I could sleep anywhere. Um, so that was a really firm mattress. This one's has a little more give to it, but it's still fairly firm. Um, so we'll see. The jury's out. I don't know how he's going to do with it. But here's the crazy thing. This bed, um, again, it's a dream cloud and I'm neither recommending it nor not recommending it because we don't know what it's like yet. Um, it has a 365 day guarantee. So after like, you know, one day less than a year, we could call them up and say, we don't like it. And they would come and pick it up and give us our money back. So that gave me a lot of confidence in ordering this particular bed. Cause if it turns out to be a painful experience for Dan and he doesn't like sleeping on it, that's kind of a huge deal. How you sleep is a huge deal. And what, you know, the quality of the sleep you get is a huge deal. So I, I think mattresses matter, but Hey, if you have a mattress story to share or recommend something, I'd love to hear about it. Also, you know what I want to hear about? What kind of sheets do you use? I was so overwhelmed when I went to, to buy sheets. It's been a little while since I bought sheets and I started really paying attention to like, okay, there's thread count, but then there's also like 100% cotton versus a poly cotton blend and cotton sateen and... I don't know. So I ended up buying two different sets of sheets. One's, um, there, there's two different polyester cotton blends. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing in the sheet aisle. So help a girl out. Let me know what are the best sheets? What are the best ones you've ever used? And why do you love them? That would be great. And uh, that, that'll make, be, that'll be my next purchase, my next outing to Home Goods. <laughs> of course, of course we went to Home Goods. Um, also, I forgot last week to give a shout out to Sharon, who listens in Phoenix, who I met at the Phoenix Women's Conference uh, week, weekend before this last weekend, which was a also really fun event. I love getting together with other women. You know, I love that. And um, just really enjoyed all the other talks. Sister Helena Burns was there, who I met many years ago, but we never really got a chance to really thoroughly connect. I think when we met years ago, it was just sort of in a group setting, but this time we got some real time together and got to really talk. And I love her. I think she's great. You should look her up on Twitter um, if you don't already follow her there. 
Um, so really it was a, that was a great trip too, but I wanted to remember to say hi to Sharon because I love it when girlfriends listeners talk to me in real life. I think it's so great. Okay. So how's your Lent going? Is it going well? You know, I got to mass on, um, well, it was Saturday evening actually, because I was in Tulsa and getting the vigil mass before I flew on Sunday. But when I got to that point, I was, you know, going into mass, I sort of was absentmindedly thinking, okay, yeah, it's Lent. What, what are we like three weeks into Lent? <laughs> and it hadn't even been a week. You know, it was uh, Ash Wednesday to Saturday evening and it felt like three weeks to me. That's how my Lent is going. And it's always like that in the beginning. It's hard taking on new things. Um, sort of observing an austere season doesn't always feel great, especially in the beginning. So I hope your Lent is going well. I was at my scripture study class for my second class last night, and um, I'm still enjoying that. I, you know, I, I'm learning. Um, I'm not learning huge things, and it's not like you know some great scripture opening moment for me. But what it's actually doing for me is uh, giving me structure for my my daily reading and prayer time, which I'm not always perfect about. But now that I have the class, it feels like better do your homework kind of thing, and I find that's really helpful for me. And I really enjoy being with just other people who share my faith and are willing to talk about it. And um, and then spending some time really looking at like what we especially do in the classes, we look at the next week's gospel reading and we, we thoroughly go through it. And um, the book that we're using has, you know, insight from some uh, biblical scholars and that kind of thing. So then when I hear the reading in mass, I, I'm much more prepared to really focus on its meaning and go a little deeper than I otherwise would. So I, I'm really enjoying that. And um Dan picked me up after class and he said he might go with me next week. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to pressure him, but that would be so awesome if he went. I think that would be great for him and great for us. And I've been keeping my journal for Dan. I told you I was going to be writing a little note to him every day in my little journal that I bought. And um, I've been doing great. It's actually fun for me to physically write something every day because I don't always do that besides like a grocery list, you know, or a quick note to somebody that I leave on the kitchen counter. So um, that's been fun. And it and it's fun for me to see like when some of these I've done in, in the middle of the day when I have a moment or at the end of the day. And it's fun for me to see like when I think for a moment, like what do I want to share about today? Like what stands out about the day or what, what memory comes to me that I want to share there with him? And it's been a ton of fun. I really do recommend this practice, whether it's Lent or not, spending some time writing notes to your spouse. Um, And I know he's going to love it when I give it to him at Easter. So really happy with how that part's going. But let me know how your Lent is going. You can give me an email at danielle at daniellebean.com. Or you can send me that voice feedback that you know I love or connect with me on Voxer, all that stuff. You know, I love to connect with you that way. And I love getting your feedback. So let me know how Lent's going for you. What are your trials? What are your triumphs? Let me know the good and the bad. Okay, but this is related to Lent, this week's topic, where we're talking about growing your generosity. I think this is such an important thing for us to do because, um, you know, I shared last week that part of what I'm doing to approach Lent this year is that whole idea of trying to have a servant's heart that I, I shared with you a story where somebody referred to me as someone who had a servant's heart. And I felt like that's not true. And I felt convicted by the fact that that was not true. I didn't feel like interiorly I had the proper attitude towards service to others. And so that's something I thought I would work on this Lent. And I've been praying about it. And so that's the first thing I want to share with you about 
um, how to grow your generosity. And I'm not sharing this like, I am so generous and I'm going to teach you how to be generous like me. I'm just sharing with you what I'm doing, <laughs> what I'm struggling to do, what I'm, you know, half the time failing at. Um, but just in case it inspires you toward doing this, because, you know, ultimately this is what we're all supposed to do, right? I mean, Jesus told us that we all need to become the servant of the others and that he's first, he who puts himself first will be last and he who is last will be first. And all of that, you know, that's the core of what Jesus teaches us in the Gospels is that we need to be serving others. That's how we love others. And that's how we love God through service to others. And that's our service to God. So um, really important uh, to do that. So that's why I've been focused on it. And um, I've been praying about it very specifically. And this isn't something I've necessarily ever prayed before. You know, please, you know, every day asking, please, God, please, Lord, help me to have a servant's heart today. Help me to see the needs of others and meet them, even if it's a sacrifice to me. And uh, I feel like it's been working. <laughs> I don't know if it's the prayer or just the fact that I'm more aware. It's probably a combination of those things. But that that prayer time really kind of focuses me on um, a, approaching my day with that proper disposition. So if you're already praying a morning offering, maybe offer that thought too at the start of your day. I mean, I've always prayed in a general way, like, you know, <laughs> back even when I was little, like, help me be good today, you know, which is generally what this is. Um, but just more specifically, I'm hoping to really um, see the ways in which I'm called to serve others just in my everyday, not even going out of my way to look for stuff, right? Okay, so first, I want to encourage you to pray for it. But then I want to talk about um, four different areas of life where you might consider working on being more generous, um, you know, working on praying for greater generosity and looking for ways to be more generous. And the first I want to share about is in your marriage. I just shared about the little journal thing, um, but it's really small things like that that make a huge difference in a marriage. You know this, you know, that's what's meaningful to you when your husband does something for you, um, perhaps unexpected, a little act of service that there's so so much meaning behind it and it heals a thousand wounds and it forgives a thousand offenses when you do that one little thing. It's so relationship building. So look for surprise ways to serve the other person. Look for those moments and opportunities that you're tempted to ignore. I'll give you an example. Yesterday afternoon, you know, Dan was home from work and it was like, I don't know, we were taking a break from our, our chores and it was like lunchtime. And Generally speaking, I make Dan's food. He likes that. He is perfectly capable of making and preparing his own meals, but I generally do it. And I know that he likes it and I generally don't mind it. Um, and so I was, I don't know what I was in the middle of, but I'm sure Dan noticed I was in the middle of something and just went and, you know, started making his own lunch. He was putting together a sandwich and I noticed that. And that was an opportunity. I could ignore it, continue doing what I was working on, or I could interrupt my work and say to him, would you like me to make you that sandwich? Uh, didn't feel like it, but I did. And I'm not saying this because I'm a perfect angel. I'm saying it because it's a good example of those kinds of things that happen every day, those moments and opportunities to serve that arise, that maybe take you outside your comfort zone. Maybe you feel like, uh, why should I make his sandwich? He's perfectly capable of it, you know? And, and there are some instances where that's very appropriate. And I'm not telling you, you need to go make your husband a sandwich. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying there are small things like that, that arise every day in the, in the ins and outs. And when someone does them for you, you really notice and you really value it. So 
why wouldn't we be looking for those opportunities to do them for our husbands or our wives? I'm I'm always very aware that David is listening and a few other lurking males. <laughs> I don't want to be presumptuous. I know there are some guys listening. So, or your wife, um, looking for those ways that just kind of pop up to be able to serve. Um, it, and like I said, it doesn't mean every single time it's the right choice, but I know that having, having praying, having been praying about, you know, having a servant's heart about being open to the needs of others and asking God at the start of each day to show me those little things, those little ways he wants me to serving people. Was it an accident that I noticed that, you know? So, um, once you begin to think about it more and pray about it more, I think you're going to see more of those opportunities and, it's just, it's so amazing the ways in which you can kind of share it of yourself in that way, give of yourself in a way that's really fruitful for your relationship. Um, also, another way to serve your spouse is to touch him. You know, I mean, I, I'm not talking about sex. Maybe I'm talking about sex. It, it can c- include sex for sure. We've talked about that here before, about how generosity in that area of your marriage is um, really fruitful. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes literally fruitful in your marriage. Um, but just, it's really, you know, just you're made for that physical connection. And um, it could just be a back rub or just patting his hand or giving him a hug or giving him a kiss goodbye, hello and goodbye. Um, I recently heard on the happiness, I know, happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin. Um, do you listen to that? I like it a lot. Anyway, on that one, they they shared about the value of scheduling kissing, meaning like always kiss goodbye and always kiss hello. And they were doing that in their relationship with their husbands. And they really liked the 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 payoff of that, that it was like a regular connection. And that as much as it feels stupid to schedule something like hello and goodbye kissing, the fact that they made that sort of a rule, made sure that they were doing it on a regular basis. And it was kind of like a nice gesture, uh, a nice romantic, positive, loving gesture that was built into their days. So, um, Maybe something like that. You know, you don't have to announce like to to your husband like that you're going to be doing this now, but just making that effort um, to touch him. I, you know, we all we all need physical touch and um, connection with other human beings in that way. And your marriage, that's that's what marriage is for. It's to meet those needs and to have you connect with your spouse in that unique way that you don't connect with anybody else. So um, you can do that. Also, another way to be of service to your spouse. And this is one that I am working on. It's just being quiet sometimes. Even, you know, your, your feelings don't always have to be center stage. And I have noticed the benefits recently of just keeping quiet. Like, oh, maybe he said something that's slightly offensive or rude or annoying or whatever. Why do you always have to address it? I'm talking to myself. Okay. I'm talking to myself. Why? You know, why in that moment do you always have to respond like immediately? You don't. It can be an act of service, uh, an act of generosity to your spouse to just be quiet. And that doesn't mean you take abusive behavior. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about the everyday kinds of ins and outs, offenses, stuff that can get turned into this giant snowball of a fight if you allow it to sometimes, um, or just build up your annoyances. But just, you know, practice keeping quiet in some of those moments and and not needing to address every single thing um, or letting some small offense go without having to address it and demand an apology every time. That, that also can be an act of loving service in a way that you can really work on building 
generosity in your marriage, which I promise you will pay off. I promise you it will. And even though it's hard sometimes, I think that, you know, that's that's the deal. Like this I this self-giving sacrificial love, this gift of ourselves we're supposed to be making to our spouses is hard to do. It's hard. Um, but it's in those little things. And the better you get at noticing and responding positively to those little nudges, uh, the easier it gets. The easier it's going to be to to first of all recognize those and then to make the right decision in the moment. So I want to encourage you to focus on some ways if you're up for this challenge, this Lenten season, and who isn't looking for a challenge during the Lenten season, but that's a way that you can work on growing in generosity in your marriage. Okay, the next way I want to talk about is in your parenting. This is something, especially if you have a large family, I feel this all the time. Like I need to be consciously making an effort to connect with each of my kids. And, you know, that doesn't mean you have to have scheduled date time with each of your kids, although that's great if you do that sort of thing. Um, But just in a general way, uh, making sure you're connecting with each of your kids every day. It, it can be easy in the hustle and bustle of life, especially if you've got a kid like I do right now who will come home and just disappear into their room and you don't even see them until maybe dinner time if you make them come down um, or prayer time if you make them come down. Um, so it can be challenging and it can be easy that, you know, a kid like that can just slip under your radar and before you know it, a few days have gone by and you haven't truly connected with that child. So I think it's important um, and also especially when they're at that age, to be connecting with them on a regular basis, letting them know you see them, you notice them, you care about their thoughts and feelings and giving them that space to um, respond to you or sometimes not respond to you. Um, So and that does take generosity because we're so dang tired and we have so many things to do. Um, Do you, you know, and especially if it's a bristly teenager, it can take a lot of effort and willpower on your part to just, you know, go up into their room, just sit down, ask them about their day, even if they're like rolling their eyes at you. Um, making that effort is is truly worthwhile. Your child is noticing it, even if they're being a jerk on the outside. And I don't mean like, you know, tolerate rude behavior from your teenager, but there's going to be some rude behavior. Um, you can address that, but don't make that an excuse to avoid that interaction. It does take generosity to give of your time, give of yourself in that way to your child. Also with younger children, I know a lot of moms struggle with guilt. Like I never get on the floor and play with my toddlers. Well, you know, you don't have to do that, but your your kids do need you. And, you know, your toddlers and preschoolers, as annoying as they can be and as messy and uh, tiresome as they can be, giving them individualized time and attention and listening to them. I think sometimes in the everyday busyness of life, it's tempting to kind of brush over what a little person might be saying to you or something they might be expressing to you that seems unimportant. But to them, it's huge. To them, it's, you know, it's everything. They've they've got these little tiny worlds and you're invited to be a part of it. Um, So making the time to connect with each of your kids. I I used to um, struggle a little bit with guilt about this because I didn't have like scheduled time, but it really doesn't have to be scheduled time. That's really, that's making it sort of an overwhelming obstacle, but just making sure you're connecting with each of your kids on a regular basis. And this is a place where the, the, 
um, saying goodnight and kissing goodnight, I think having that scheduled with your kids or as a, a mandatory practice with your kids can be really helpful because you can connect with them at the end of the day. Like if they're going to bed, you might go up with them and, and just sit with them and listen for a little bit. And, um, you know, like Dr. Ann Garrido last week shared in her interview on on the podcast, you know, about when she was tucking her son into bed, how she was a little bit patient with him when she really was more tempted to rush him along. And then he really shared what was going on in his mind, in his heart. He was dealing with some deep, deep thoughts about the meaning of the universe. And this was her opportunity to see that and to connect with him about that. So you never know when those moments are going to present themselves. And sometimes it's when you're exhausted. Sometimes it's like a teenager comes home late in the evening and you just want to get into your own bed, but they're they're raring to talk and that's your opportunity to really connect with them. It does take generosity to respond to that. So there are opportunities every day to, you know, grow in your generosity to your children. Um, another thing I wanted to mention about kids is you can write them little notes, even just a tiny note. There's always like the in their lunch thing, but or leave them a little note on their pillow or something like that. And it doesn't have to be every day, but it's truly meaningful. I thought of this um, yesterday, not because I did it, because I didn't. Um, but when I was cleaning out in the boys room as part of our big clean out yesterday, uh, I found this note that Gabby, who's 14, had written to her brother, Stephen, who's 16, when he was sick a couple of weeks ago. And it was just this cute little note about, I'm sorry you're sick and I hope you feel better. I'm going to pray for you to feel better. And it was just, it was adorable and so kind. And even though he, he probably didn't make a big fuss over receiving it from her, I'm sure it was meaningful to him that his sister cared and noticed that he was not feeling well. So I think that you can be generous inside of your relationship with your children. And I know that's a challenge because we're giving to our kids all the time, right? But looking for those ways that maybe will really stand out to them, those things that you might otherwise be tempted to ignore because you're tired, because you have a lot of stuff going on, okay? Um, another way that to be generous with children, I just want to mention this briefly with teens, is to give them space. I know I just said go up to the room and talk to them, but... Other times, the most generous thing to do is give them time to process something that they're going through and not demand that they immediately share their feelings with you. And that can be a great act of generosity because we as parents, especially if there's something going on, we want to be meddling. We want to be right there in the thick of it and we want to know all the stuff. And it can be really hard to give teenagers that space. And and only you can really know and navigate what's appropriate there because there are times in your life where it is not appropriate to give your teen space and you need to be, you know... <laughs> getting into their phone and seeing what they're up to because there are times I I'm telling you and if you're not there yet they're coming where you need to be in your teen's face and in your teen's space but then there are other times where it is possible to you know give them the gift of that space that they they need to figure things out for themselves and you know it's one of those things that you you kind of learn by trial and error as a parent but there are times when the generous thing to do is to back off a little bit um or you know not not respond in an overly angry way to them being rude, perhaps, what you feel is rude or them rejecting you. Um, those things are going to happen. And it doesn't mean you you think they're appropriate or that you don't correct them and you don't point out the inappropriateness of you know what they might be doing or saying. But sometimes the generous thing to do is to not over respond or not to respond emotionally to those things. And it's so hard. I know it is so hard because it's not fair. It's not right. Uh, it's really hard to always be the bigger person inside of a relationship, but 
that's the parenting gig. It's called to be the bigger person all the darn time, even when it's hard. So anyway, that's what I'm talking about, giving them that space. So that's with parenting. There's opportunities for ways to grow in your generosity in your parenting. Um, The third way that I want to talk about growing in generosity is in your work. Now, if you're a mom at home, this means in your work at home. It's the stuff that you do every day to maintain your household. Those kinds of things, errands and shopping and chores and laundry and meals and all of that, which of course is serving people. It's not serving your home. Um, but if, if you work outside the home, then it's in that workplace looking for opportunities to be a servant in those places. I, I was giving this some thought. Um, and really what I thought about was uh, St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta and the way in which she shared that she always looked for the worst task, always took the most humbling task when they were divvying up responsibilities, when they were, you know, taking on who was going to do what. Um, she took the most humble task, the one that nobody wanted. We all know what these tasks are. And yep, <laughs> by and large, we moms do them in our households. Um, but look for ways that you might be avoiding something. Look for um, those times. And this is something I catch myself doing. Like, there's a list of stuff that needs to be done. And it's very appropriate. I'm not telling you not to tell your kids to do chores. It's very appropriate. I was just doing it yesterday. But when you're divvying up the chores, sometimes it's tempting to dump the unpleasant ones on the kids and avoid them yourself and do only those things that you prefer. You get to do that because you're you're the one deciding who's doing what, right? Um, a way to be generous would be to take on some of those tasks yourself when you're tempted to farm them out. Um, and then the same if you work outside the home. There are always things in workplaces that nobody wants to do, the drudge work or stuff that you feel like, why, you know, this is, this is beneath me or I shouldn't have to do this or, you know, there are always those kinds of jobs in a workplace. Uh, maybe it's cleaning all of the mugs in the employee kitchen or something like that, that especially if you can do it in a way that goes unnoticed in a hidden way that your, your coworkers might never notice or appreciate, but God notices and appreciates. And you're really building that generosity muscle when you're working on things in this way. So when you're looking for those opportunities to quietly be of service to others, I think Mother Teresa of Calcutta is such an inspiring example in this. When I think of her, I always feel shamed in, you know, <laughs> that I'm not doing enough and that I, you know, that I'm I'm not looking for those opportunities to serve or I'm allowing my own pride to get in the way of me truly being of service to other people that God has placed in my life. If you work in a workplace, those are the people God has placed in your life. Those are the people you're supposed to serve. And that doesn't mean every minute and it doesn't mean being a doormat, but you know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to encourage you to respond a little bit more to those prompts toward generosity, which are there if you're looking for them. All right, the last area of your life where I want to encourage you to be working on growing your generosity is with strangers. This is hard because... um you know, we actually talked about this in our, our scripture study class last night, and um, I kept quiet, but I was thinking, I disagree. Um, there was there was a point where we were talking about uh, that, you know, God is present in other people, in the people all around you. And um, the leader of this study was kind of saying that, um, 
it, well, she she didn't she didn't like demand this of us, but she was kind of saying in a way how how valuable it is to to see God in other people, even the strangers God places in your life, even the people that you like are standing in the elevator with, and that we we need to be connecting with people. And there were some people in the class who really kind of were like, "Uh, that's not me. I'm not the person who's talking to everybody in the elevator." Um, and it was. I, like I said, I kept quiet because this really wasn't the whole point of what we were talking about anyway. But I think it's okay that we have different temperaments and that we connect with other people in different ways. Not everybody's going to be the one that's barging onto the elevator talking to everybody. Not everybody appreciates the person who's barging onto the elevator talking to everybody. I know from my own experience, I do not appreciate sometimes strangers talking to me. Um, but again, these are, you know, looking for opportunities to connect with people. And it might be something as simple as in a public space when you're tempted to just keep your head down or you're lost in thought or you're um, feeling negative about something and you just might have an angry expression on your face. Just making a true effort to be cheerful, making an effort to make eye contact with um, anyone who might be inclined to have eye contact with you and smiling, saying hello, saying good morning you know, uh, complimenting somebody. This is this is a good practice. If you really are an introvert and this is something you struggle with and you don't want to connect with other people, this is sort of a painless way to connect with other people because everybody loves to be complimented. And so if you're working on being less shy and um, less, you know, self-focused when you're out in your, your community or among strangers, um, look for something that you can genuinely give somebody a compliment about. Um, you know, I... I I always would pick a lady because I don't want to be instigating any kind of romantic connections <laughs> and a man might take it that way. So stay safe. Find a lady whose scarf you like or who looks really great in the color she's wearing or whatever and give somebody a compliment. I think uh, that's a nice way to kind of get out of yourself. That's the whole point. It's not really about, you know, you're going to change somebody's life by telling her that blue scarf looks wonderful, you know, with her eye color or whatever. But it's really about getting out of your own head and, and switching your focus from yourself, your interior self, which is where we all are, right? Pulling yourself out of that and just being focused toward the other and the needs and service to other people. Um, you know, it, it might, so it might mean like smiling when you don't feel like it, um, or it, it might mean giving something away. There are all these creative ways that people pay it forward, right? The the I just always hear about. It. I have one friend in particular who like always gets her Starbucks paid for in the drive-through. I don't know how she pulls it off, but um, you know that that only rarely happens to me. But or leave a larger tip than you normally would, you know, without making a big deal out of it. And it's just a nice way to kind of brighten someone else's day, show some positivity, and be generous and spread a little bit of God's love, a little bit of joy. And you don't have to label it like that, you know. I used to waitress, and I would sometimes get a little like God note, a little bit preachy, uh, along with the tip. <laughs> we had a lot of churches nearby this diner that I worked at. So those kinds of people were coming in. Uh, I think that's a little bit annoying. Uh, it's a little bit pretentious. And, you know, I, I'm i not telling you don't say like, God bless you or, or whatever, but don't like, don't give a sermon along with your larger tip. So the person feels like you're paying them to believe in God or something. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's, it's, I think generally just being a positive example of Christian service and generosity to others is very powerful thing. So among strangers, 
I want to encourage you to think about ways that you can be more generous in your life. Um, so those are the things that I wanted to mention. First of all, praying for greater generosity, praying to grow in generosity, praying to have a servant's heart, praying to see those little ways in which God is calling you to serve others in your day. I promise you he'll open your eyes to it and maybe you don't want to pray it because you don't want to see it. <laughs> it's true though. Um, also then I the three, no, four different areas that uh, I want to encourage you to focus on are ways to serve in your marriage, ways to serve in your parenting, ways to serve in your work, whether that's at home or otherwise, and ways to serve among people you don't even know, strangers in your community. Um, do you have some thoughts to share about being of service to others, ways that have helped you to grow in generosity? Or just do you want to share what you're working on, what kind of heart you're hoping to cultivate this Lenten season? I would love to hear from you and then share with others here on the podcast. Email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. I'm Danielle Bean on all the social media, so you can find me there or connect with me on Voxer. There's a link in the show notes of every episode of Girlfriends to connect with me on Voxer, which is a really fun, cool app where you can just leave me a voice message or just make a voice recording on your phone and email it to me. I would love to hear from you. And especially I would love to share your thoughts and ideas with the other listeners of Girlfriends. Hey, do you like what we do here? Do you appreciate having access to Girlfriends every week? Is it helpful or encouraging to you in your everyday life? Well, if so, there's a convenient way you can say thank you for the Girlfriends podcast and encourage me to continue to record it. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a simple system that allows you to pledge your support for the podcast, show your appreciation, and encourage its production every week. At patreon.com forward slash girlfriends, you can make a pledge in any amount. Even just a dollar per episode makes a real difference and is a simple way to show your support for Girlfriends. I want to thank our newest supporter on Patreon, Jenny. And if you would like to show your support too, please go to patreon.com slash girlfriends to find out more. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you this podcast at ascensionpress.com. Click on channels and you will see all kinds of podcasts, video content, all kinds of stuff to serve you in your faith, to feed you in your faith. There are brilliant ways that you can learn more about your Catholic faith, get inspired, just cruise through all the different podcasts that they have to offer there at ascensionpress.com. And now before I have to go, I just want to share a couple of places that I'm going to be next month um, in case you're living around there or you're able to come to these events. I've got two places that I want to mention. March 10th, I'm going to be at the Rochester Catholic Women's Conference in Rochester, New York. Looking forward to connecting with the women there. And then March 24th, I'm going to be at the Catholic Women of Faith Conference in Nashville. So I've never been to Nashville, so this is exciting. I'm looking forward to connecting with the people there. If you live in the area and are able to come out, I'd love to meet you in person. I'm also going to be at the LA Congress, um, the Los Angeles Religious Education Congress, which is happening in March in between those two events. So that um, second week in March. If you're going to be there in any capacity or if you live in the area, I'd love to connect with you. I'm going to be there for a few days. So um, let me know if you're going to be around and we'll make sure to to meet up. I love 
hearing from listeners of the Girlfriends podcast in person. And another thing in LA that I'm going to be doing with Lisa Hendy is doing some recordings and some interviews with people for our uh, Catholic Momcast, our new podcast for Catholic Mom, which is going to be launching in March. So we're going to be doing some fun recording and we have um, an awesome opportunity to do some filming there too. So looking forward to that opportunity and maybe you want to be a part of it. You don't even have to be famous. You can just sit and talk with us and We'd love to connect with you in that way. So just send me a note if you're going to be at LA Congress this year, and I'd love for us to connect in that way. And that's all the time that I have for today, but I've really enjoyed connecting with you in this way. Thanks so much for being here. And thank you to those of you who've left reviews on iTunes. I just went through and got caught up on reading the reviews uh, last week. And I'm so touched by all of you who've taken the time to leave a rating and a review there. It means so much. And it's so encouraging to me when you share the ways in which the podcast is helpful to you in your everyday life. And um, tell others about it, too, because that's what's helpful. If you're able to, I'd love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or wherever you do listen to the podcast. It's always helpful in any way that you can share the podcast because those reviews on iTunes really do help um, iTunes to know what kind of people are interested in the content we're sharing here and um, get the podcast introduced to potential new listeners, new, new, new girlfriends, and who doesn't want new girlfriends? So thank you for taking the time to do that. And um, thank you just for being here. Thank you for being a part of what I do here at Girlfriends. I couldn't do it without you. You're the reason I'm here. I'm here to serve you and encourage you in your everyday ins and outs of joyful Catholic womanhood, family living, all those awesome things. I'm glad we're here to do it together and connect here at Girlfriends in this way. So thank you just for being here. Your presence truly is a gift to me. And it's so encouraging that you connect with me in this way week after week. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.